0: Whoever said, there is fun in fundraising, probably needed to find some hobbies. As part of my role at Ma'or, I'm involved in this hallowed Jewish pastime, principally through an annual year-end campaign, which has just concluded. Every time a campaign approaches, I feel renewed anxiety. Irrational, perhaps, as we've reached our goal every year to date. But my memory is selective, filtering in only the fears and the past rejections. We've just begun Hanukkah a deceptively deep holiday whose themes of light, iconoclasm, and internality are often obscured by lotkas and presents. I would like to share an interesting angle on the holiday that I heard emphasized by my colleague Rabbi Jacob Kahn of Miami on his recently launched Jewish philosophy podcast, Explorations. When we conceive of threats to the traditional family unit, we often conjure the terrors of communist collectivism. In Bolshevik Russia, for example, Children were encouraged to report on their parents' departures from party orthodoxy, thus sabotaging the home and tearing apart the basic fabric of human society. But as Rabbi Khan explains, the Greek mentality of radical individualism is no less a threat to family and community. Its excessive focus on personal advancement at all costs begat astounding advances in science and philosophy, but it did so at an exacting cost. Greek society was replete with pederasts an abuse of sexual practice that today we find morally intolerable. The Talmud describes that Greek governors would violate Jewish brides just before their wedding day. The concept of a strong nuclear family, long the bedrock of Jewish peoplehood, was replaced by an extreme focus on individual achievement, for privileged classes that is, exploiting others along the path to these objectives. Yet this crassness was coated in a veneer of respectability and sophistication and the dominant cultural climate attracted many Jews to its ranks. The Jews who remained unHellenized and resisted the seductive allure of Greek culture were battling this attack on family. Notably, the antidote to this mentality was delivered by a single family, Matajahu and his sons, known as the Maccabees. And the mitzvah of lighting Hanukkah candles specifically addresses the home. The Talmud tells us that the obligation is ner ish a person and his home. This is true to the extent that one without an abode is exempt from the ritual. As an individual, the Greek competitor could reach his apex as an Olympian, carrying a blazing torch into the grand Colosseum. But Judaism repatriates that same flame into the home. Our light emerges from our shared bond with our families. Filial life is sacred to us. The love nurtured within our private walls affords us the confidence to march valiantly and distinctively. In the broader world, the Greek approach undermined that creed, and each Hanukkah we remember that we must not. As our actual fundraising campaign unfolds every year, I am quickly reminded once again that these few days actually are of the most encouraging and fulfilling of the year. Every single donation we receive, over 400 this cycle, feels like a kiss blown from its benefactor to us. During these days, we reconnect with hundreds of old students with members of their families and even of our own, and with our neighbors in the local community whose children attend school with ours and who sit beside us in synagogue. We enjoy a cascade of support, a concrete vote of confidence that resonates well beyond any platitudes. It feels like a 48-hour virtual family reunion. As we know, the Hebrew word for charity is tzedakah. Curiously, and also widely explored, Its literal translation actually is not charity, which denotes something above and beyond, but rather justice, something expected, even compulsory. Is the Torah then advocating utopian wealth redistribution? This cannot be, given how extensively Jewish civil law legislates property disputes, inheritance protocols, and many other categories that seem to codify ownership as sacrosanct, not a mere pragmatic concession to human failing. So, on the one hand, it is just that we give to others, yet on the other, we cannot be coerced to do so. We can reconcile these two poles by appreciating that the act of giving engenders deep bonds among both parties. Yet, this process is only meaningful if the conveyance expresses a true desire to foster this connection. Brilliantly, the Torah is asserting both that we must support others and that we must do so of our own free will. This delicate balance promotes unbreakable bonds within our people. Perhaps this might explain why gift-giving has become pervasive on Hanukkah. Of course, the proximity to the Christian holiday has had a massive influence, and the tragic irony that a festival defined by our resistance to acculturation has been co-opted to promote it surely deserves a treatment of its own. Still, the cherished custom of dispensing Hanukkah gelt, coins, preceded these more recent commercializing trends by centuries or more. And so, perhaps as we distribute chocolate coins, or plasma TVs as it may be, we are repudiating the Greeks' excessive focus on the self and entrenching ourselves in the embrace of our holy Jewish families, biological and spiritual both. Chanukah Sameach and Shabbat Shalom.